Hello and welcome to the Really Random Movie Reviews Podcast. Real people, real takes. I'm Danielle. And I'm Ben. In this show, we have an online movie generator choose a film for us to watch. It could be from any genre and any decade, as long as it's easily accessible for us. After viewing the movie, we sit here and discuss it at length. This week, we are talking about Four Rooms from 1995. What will we think? Well, grab some red vines, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, we are talking about Four Rooms. It is from 1995, and it is an anthology film or a film with different chapters or different vignettes, if you will. And this movie is very unique in the fact that it does have four directors. Yeah, and you can definitely see their styles throughout each each vignette. Definitely. And each vignette is directed by a different person. So the first one is directed by Alison Anders, the second one by Alexander Rockwell, the third one by Robert Rodriguez, and the fourth by the Quentin Tarantino. So I know Robert Rodriguez, he's done Spy Kids, he's done Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl, most recently or more recently, he did Alita Battle Angel, and Quentin Tarantino you know a lot of his films. It's Kill Bill, Pulp Fiction, Django Unchained, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All great movies, in my opinion. I really like oh, yeah. his movies. Even yeah. though I know a lot of people don't like his movies for many reasons, which is fair. I can see, I see those criticisms. But I'm personally a fan. You bet. Oh, same. Absolutely. <laughs> Since we're on this topic, uh, what's your favorite Tarantino film, do you think, that you've seen? Personally, Kill Bill. Really? Yeah. Mine is probably Inglorious Bastards. I have seen that movie so many times. It is not even funny. Um, I really just, that movie is just great to me and I can watch it anytime. Okay. So anyway, back to Four Rooms. Um, so this film the is very loosely based on the adult short fiction writings of Roald Dahl. So, you know, Roald Dahl from like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and James and the Giant Peach, the BFG. So this is a very different approach to those. I know it's very loosely based on it, but it's very different from what we know of Roald Dahl's. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I didn't know he wrote those. Yeah. (laughs) me neither and yeah i found that information on wikipedia which you know is is very reliable but you know i'm pretty sure that's the case and it does say that especially the last uh vignette directed by quentin tarantino is based on one of those writings okay then let's go into the our backgrounds with this movie Personally, I had never even heard of this movie before. Yeah, same. We both came at this with a very fresh perspective. Like, I know the style of Quentin Tarantino and I know the style of Robert Rodriguez, but I had no idea what to expect with this movie. Yeah, same. This film is set in a Los Angeles hotel called the Monsignor. And it's kind of implied that the hotel is kind of going downhill and they need it to boost and like they need more guests and more awareness in the 
for the hotel to get more business. And it takes place on New Year's Eve. And it's centered around the bellhop named Ted, who's played by Tim Roth. And it's kind of his experience with, as the title suggests, four different rooms and the guests in those rooms. Yeah. So, let's just say you couldn't pay me enough to do that to do that job on that night. Oh, same. He <laughs> that was just a whirlwind of adventure right there. Oh yeah. What kind of stood out to you in this movie? Well, there was kind of like cartoony stuff mixed in. It was kind of like jarring for me. The first room was just because that's where most of the cartoony effects kind of happened, right? Yeah, yeah. This movie is, it's a comedy, but it's very over the top. And it's very just... Even just Ted's expressions, his movements, his facial expressions are all very cartoonish, but it's set in this R-rated movie. Yeah. And like even just the way he smiles, the way he walks down the hallway is so exaggerated to the point where it's basically like they took a cartoon out and put it in a 3D movie. Yeah. Yeah. Live action movie, too. That's what I meant. Three-dimensional. From 2D to 3D, basically. You can have 3D cartoons. I know, but you know what I mean. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. That didn't really jar with me. I, I don't know. I didn't really particularly enjoy this movie, uh, personally. Yeah. It's, it was just so over the top, and it felt like it was trying to be too funny. Yeah. Where it's like a comedy that's trying to be funny rather than it just being funny. Yeah. And I get it. The whole movie's like that. So it's very stylized in that way, but it just didn't gel with me. Yeah. Same. I so think I'm- I only like actually laughed at one part. Which part was that? Uh, the end of the fourth room. Oh, yeah. So let's get into the uh, the different rooms. So the first one is this coven of witches in the honeymoon suite. Yeah. And one of the witches being Madonna playing a character. I don't remember her name. And they're trying to resurrect one of their witches, Diana, who is supposedly a virgin and... They're trying to bring her back on New Year's Eve for some reason. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they just kind of dance around the bathtub, calling it a cauldron. And the main plot of that scene is to get something or it's for one of the witches to have sex with someone to lose her virginity. And that's part of how they bring Diana back. I thought it was something else they needed. Well, they needed that, but she also okay. needed to lose her virginity. Okay. Yeah, she needed, yeah. Okay. Remember that? She had the whole thing afterwards where she celebrated that. Gotcha. Yeah, she's like, I'm not a virgin anymore or whatever. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. So that was part of it. And 
Ted, the bellhop, just kind of walked in and they used him for that. <laughs> yep. He just happened to be there. And mm-hmm. and basically, it's contradictory to what the former bellhop told him on his first day, which is to keep it in his pants. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that's part of the humor in this movie. Some of it's dry humor. Some of it's trying to over the top to just be cartoonish. Yeah. And that kind of goes into the the whole intro of the movie. There's a whole segment, a whole sequence, if you will, of Ted as a cartoon going through the hotel. Yeah, during the credit. The... Yeah, during the opening credits. Yeah. So that's the first room. <laughs> yeah. So you can already tell it's going to be a, a rough, it's going to be an interesting night for him. Yeah. To say the least. So the second room is... Even more over the top, it's directed by Alexander Rockwell. Mm-hmm. And Ben, can you explain what happens in that scene? Okay, so somebody in a different room asks for ice. So Ted grabs the ice and goes up to find the room. Turns out this room is missing one of the, or the last l- number. And I think it's based on the outline that was on the door. It was 409, but he was looking for 404. He no. Uh, remember when he looked out the window and the guy above, uh, right above him. No, but I'm just saying. He said ice. So yeah. they said the wrong floor. They were five oh four, and he went to four oh four or something. Yeah. Anyway, this is actually a detail I noticed that the number fell off, but it, the uh, witness yeah. mark said nine. Yeah. Anyway, it's wrong floor, wrong room, wrong everything. Yeah. He walks in to a dark room. All of a sudden, the lights flip on, and there's this dude holding a massive, I mean, I think it was a 44 Magnum. I mean, just looking at it, and he's, so Theodore. And Ted's just like, what's going on? Because did you cover that he has a Brit that he's supposed to be from England? Well, Tim Roth is British. Okay. Well, you never know. Yeah. Especially I when they're acting. Uh, yeah, I know. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, Ted is all like, what is going on? Because next to the guy holding the 44 Magnum is his wife that's tied up and gagged. Yep. At first, I thought it was some kind of kink thing. It definitely was. Okay. Towards the end, and because the other guy named Ted, because they they hired someone who was supposed to be named Theodore to walk in and help play out this scenario. Okay. But... The bellhop just happened to be named Theodore. <laughs> yeah. And Ted is his nickname. Yeah. And he's like, how did you know my name was Theodore? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't know what condition the husband had, but he's constantly like popping pills and drink, washing it down with whiskey, mm-hmm. which is always a good thing. Oh, especially- yeah. And just crunching on the pills. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> definitely a good way to do that Uh, it's just like what is going on here yeah and the whole time he's like you slept with my wife you slept with my wife and ted's like what i didn't i don't even know her yeah (laughs) because he just walked in to get the mice and walked into the wrong room yep so yeah this whole time this is happening and it's just weird yeah (laughs) whole time trying to say like you slept with my wife and he's like no i didn't and 
it was just a weird scene. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically the entirety of the scene. It just drags out for however long the scene is, like 20, yeah. 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. I will say that if Ted was a D&D character, he would have rolled a ton of nat 20s in that scene. <laughs> to get out of that situation, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, let's get into room three. Okay. This this one was directed by Robert Rodriguez, and it stars Antonio Banderas as the father in this room. And he yeah. and his wife are going, uh, he and his family, his wife and kids are going to a party. And then they, they kind of think, oh, we'll just go ourselves and leave the bellhop with the kids who are like probably eight and ten. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. And so, like, we're going to have fun. My wife is going to get drunk. We're going to yeah. have a great New Year's Eve. You sit you sit here and watch the kids. And he's like, yep. okay. And so he pays the bellhop and gets $500 out of it. Yeah. And, and then when the parents leave, he's like, all right, you little brats. You're not going to call me for anything. Just yeah. drink your water and that's it. And the daughter, who's <laughs> she... It's like, no, my dad is paying you $500 and he said, we, if we need anything, we can call you. Yep. So the rest of that vignette is her calling him like, hi, we need this. Hi, we need that. Or like, yeah, you know, we There's need this going on. Yeah. And at one point he's like, all right, you're going to bed. I'm going to rub vapor rub on your eyes and you're not going to wash it. Off. Like. You're just going to sit there in bed and you're going to bed. Yeah. And she's smart enough to go to the sink and wash it off. Yep. And the whole time there she's she and her brother are watching are constantly sh- or are just watching TV. They're watching TV, but they're constantly like like he the little brother, he takes off his shoes and she's like, "Oh, your feet stink." Oh, He's yeah. like, "No, they don't." And then later she takes off her shoes and he's like, "Your feet stink." She's like, no, they don't. She keeps smelling them. And then after a while, when she has her brother go wash his face, get the vapor rub out of his eyes, she moves the mattress and finds a dead woman in the springboard underneath the mattress. Yep. And then she calls Ted. He's like, no, you're supposed to be asleep. Like, she's like, no, there's a dead body in here. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, you better me. Like, he didn't believe her. Yeah. And then all this chaos is happening where they're drinking alcohol. The little brother is smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And they <laughs> spill a bunch of champagne. And yep. then the parents come home to this chaos. <laughs> yeah. Or not to and, the hotel, not home. Yeah. <laughs> and Antonio Banderas is like, so they behaved well? <laughs> Did they behave well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When the entire room is on fire. Yes. (laughs) That was, that was, that was, that was probably my second favorite vignette, even though the kids were really annoying, but yeah, Antonio Banderas was really good in the little bits he was in. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's Antonio Banderas. Come on. Yeah. All right. Then let's get to the last scene, which is uh, personally my favorite of the four. Oh, same. Yeah. Because it was actually like, you can tell it was well thought out. Yeah, definitely. And 
I mean, Tarantino directed it, so of course it's going to be our favorite. Of course. And it's just, <laughs> I feel like it was the best made out of the four. Yes. And it was, like, let's get into this. It, it, the vast majority of this long scene, it's like 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. About that, 25, 30 minutes, probably 25. It, the vast majority of this scene is one take or one yeah. long take. And even and it's the like cameras, a legit, it's a legitimate one take, not like 1917. Yeah, it's just, you know, the camera is swiveling around, showing yeah. people talking and moving around. It's not a hard cut, it's actually moving with the characters. Yeah. And s- seeing the scene unfold. Yeah. And I like that because what I learned when I took some film classes in college, it's basically it shows the more intimate side of characters mm-hmm. when there's a long take and it's played out in more real time than when things are cutting. Yeah. So it seems more more intimate between the film and the audience. Yeah. Because you're literally seeing it play out in that real time play out the scene for me like just what it what happens so should i include the bit where he calls the actual manager of the hotel sure so once he's done with the last room he goes back down to the front desk and just calls his manager because he's fed up and he ends up talking to random teenager marissa tomei yeah i was gonna say that thanks oh sorry played by marissa tomei I'm actually Aunt May. You know what? She's done a lot more than that. <laughs> I know, but I know her as Aunt May, so. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, so Margaret was the teenager's name, right? Yes. And she's like, hi. Mm-hmm. It's because <laughs> it's um, his hotel boss threw a New Year's Eve party. Yeah. So she asks him how his night is going, and he just lets it all out to this high teenager. Mm-hmm. And then he actually, like, asks for uh, his manager. Yeah, Betty, I think. Betty. Yeah, Betty. She hears his side of the story, and then all of a sudden, the penthouse calls. And she's yep. like, you have to take care of them. We, we need this. And so he's like, okay, let me go take care of the penthouse. And they ask for some random stuff, which we'll get into later. So he goes up to the penthouse to wait on Chester Rush, this new upcoming star in Hollywood. And he's greeted by him at the door, very drunk. Drunk on Cristal. Yeah. Which, not champagne, Cristal. Yeah, which I'm not a wine person, so that kind of went over my head. It's just a fancy sparkling wine. Okay. Like a, a an expensive, fancy version of champagne, but it's not, I don't think it's made in champagne, so it's technically just sparkling wine. Gotcha. So there's a couple other people in this room. So there's... Actually, the wife from the second room. Angela. Yep. And then Chester's assistant. Um, yeah, I think that's his assistant. Okay. And then I'm guessing Bruce Willis played his manager. Or friend or something. I don't know. It's yeah. not really clear. Yeah. He's just a weird dude. Yeah. But yeah, Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah. Who we talked about in the last episode. <laughs> yeah. And in a test episode, we got another Bruce Willis movie. So it's like, uh, is this really random? <laughs> it is. It's just, 
it's Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, so the whole reason they call him up there is so he can bring basically a cutting board, a donut, a club sandwich, what they call a hatchet, but it was actually a meat cleaver. Yeah, anyway. And nails and twine and some more crystal. Yep. And apparently the reason for the cutting board and the hatchet was so that they could play a game or would you call it a game? I wouldn't call it a game. <laughs> a, a, a bet? Yeah, it's more of a bet. Yes. That the assistant could light his lighter 10 times in a row and get the actors. What was it? A 64 Chevelle? Yeah. Yeah. But if he didn't. But if he didn't, he would get his pinky cut off. Mm-hmm. And it it harkened back to that. Um, it was a movie um, that they talked about. It was like, yeah, we're going to be cool like that and do that. And it kind of shows like because Quentin Tarantino makes a lot of movie references and old movie references. Oh, yeah. In his films to show that he is a student of film or like very well knowledge in the film world. And yes, yes. So having that having that tidbit in there i think it was like jerry jerry lewis jerry lewis and somebody else and they're playing the same bet or something yeah but it's a very iconic scene scene to them and so it shows quentin tarantino's you know knowledge of old Mm -hmm. cinema yeah yeah so that kind of happens in the movie and they play that bet and the end of the movie is the outcome of that bet (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and yeah. It, <laughs> but it was my favorite. Yes. Because it was the most well made out of the yeah. four. Yeah. And the interesting part is when looking up trivia about this movie, it said that Bruce Willis is actually uncredited in this movie, even though he has a speaking role. He's in front of the camera. He's not a main character, but he's there and he's very mm-hmm. present. Yes. But he's uncredited because he took this role for no money. He did it for free. Yeah. And because he went against SAG, you know, the um, it's a union, right? I believe so. Yeah. He went against SAG rules and did it for free. So they decided to not credit him in the movie because that went against the rules. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of unions in Hollywood. It's, hard to, it's very hard to keep track of. Yeah. And the thing is, like, he was a very well-known actor at the time in the 90s, oh, in the yeah. mid-90s. So he could have done this for a lot of money. He could have yeah. really done it for a lot of money. But he I know he's friends with Tarantino or he's worked with Tarantino before. I don't know if he had before this because I'm not that well versed. What year did Pulp Fiction come out? 94. So yes, he had worked with Tarantino before. And he knows Tarantino well. He was probably doing a favor. Yeah. For this very niche, low-budget film, mm-hmm. which let's get into the budget for this movie was only four million dollars. Yeah, which is nothing. <laughs> yeah, especially compared to today. Yeah, even low-budget films today are made for more than that. Yep. Yeah, I think most of it probably went to Madonna, who was also a very big name at the time. Yep. She had been established since the '80s at the latest, so. Yeah, she was a huge star, and so they probably paid her a lot. <laughs> yeah, so I'm thinking that's where the budget for went. what two or three lines 
Yeah, she didn't really talk much. She was in it for the first scene, and she was one of the witches, but she wasn't the main role. She just she spoke a little bit and participated, but she was yeah not a key figure in the movie. Yeah. So yeah, it was interesting to mm-hmm. see that. And it's very interesting, this movie, because having four different directors, you see those four different styles. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's kind of easy to tell that four different people collaborated or worked, not collaborated because they're all different vignettes, but they all worked on it together and separately. Yeah. Kind of like a group project kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. And like, you get this bit, you get that bit, you get that bit, and then it becomes one big thing. Yep. I, again, I don't really think I liked this movie that much. It, yeah. I wouldn't, I don't need to see it again. It Neither was, do I. It was too over the top. It was too, it's only an hour and 38 minutes, so it's not long. Mm-hmm. But kind of runs long because like, okay, where's this going? And they keep like yeah. repeating lines and saying things, saying the same thing over and over again. Saying the same thing, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So personally, I didn't like it that much. Um, I don't think you need to see it. If you want to see it in a small like Tarantino film and a vignette or anthology film, then yeah, go for it. But personally, it wasn't my cup of tea. What about yeah, you, Ben? Same. When you get a solid WTF out of me, you know it's kind of <laughs> rough. Yeah. It's just, it's very niche. Yeah. It's very niche. And it's for a very specific audience. And unfortunately, we weren't a part of that. <laughs> yeah. But it's okay. I mean, it's, it's unique. It's out there. And... You know, if you want to take a stab at it and watch it yourself to see what you think, then go for it, by all means. Absolutely. Well, that'll do it for us for now. Let's go to the movie generator, see what we'll get next time. Kill Bill! (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) We're just talking about Tarantino. Yep. (laughs) All right, random movie generator, sure. (laughs) (laughs) And hey, we already you already kind of said what you thought about this movie. So yeah, I think think we'll be happy to rewatch it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I've seen it before. So stay tuned for our thoughts on that movie, because that'll be a fun time. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Really Random Movie Reviews. While you're at it, give it a like and a review. And we're available on all podcast listening platforms. And you can check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it should be in the description of this podcast. Have a good day.